Welcome to The Pod Has Been Cast, Book One, Into the Void. Oh, I didn't know I was having so much company over. <laughs> it's a biggest party. <laughs> Monster of the week. Clap, clap. I'm going to set out some chips and some dip, and I have a single bottle of water. Mm. Yay! In this economy? <laughs> um, listener, I think you're hearing some voices you don't recognize, so um, let's get right off to the races. Who's playing with me today? My name is Robert Leahy. I use he, him pronouns, and I will be playing Kenneth Wiseman. Who also uses he, him pronouns. Hey, y'all. My name is Bianca Phipps. I use they, them pronouns. And today I'll be playing Sloan, who also uses they, them pronouns. My name is Carlos Olmedo. I use he, him pronouns. And I will be playing Grugnuk McChugnuk, who also uses he, him pronouns. Already just some fabulous choices being made. Um, with us today, we have very special guests from our, I, I, I was going to call you all our sister podcast, and I don't know if that's <laughs> true. Yeah. 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 Like, it feels real enough, right? Yeah. Our yeah. Twisted Sisters from the Tell Me Where oh, I Lose You yeah. podcast, um, who are joining us for this very special episode of The Pod Has Been Cast. Who is playing with me? My name is Nick Bromley. I use he, him pronouns, and I will be playing Maeve, who uses they, them pronouns. Uh, my name is James Whitson. Uh, I use he, they pronouns, and I am going to be playing Dr. Krellian Solzer, uh, and uh, Dr. Krellian uses he, him pronouns. A doctor. And my name is David. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and I am going to be playing Cosmo Crash, who also uses he, him pronouns. Oh, yeah, voice. Yeah, we'll figure it out. What it is. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so part of my job was I was going to write down those names as you all said them, so I had them all in front of me. <laughs> And I just didn't. So Ooh, I'm, I'm <laughs> this. I'll mail some, it to you. you. Thank you. Just email it to me. I'll get it next week. Um, yeah. So this is a special episode. We're doing a little bit of a crossover um, and we're doing a brand new game for it. Now, this will take place in the um, pot has been cast universe, you know, and love. This is just happening in a different corner of that world. And in this game, we are playing, um, we're using a system called Monster of the Week. It's from Evil Hat Productions. Um, you may be familiar with this game if you are fans of the Adventure Zone or um, any other Monster of the Week podcast. I probably should have looked up more than just that one. Um, but it's a fun game. It's sort of like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, X-Files. Um, not a lot of dice rolling, just hunting one giant monster with your friends. Um it should feel a little bit more cinematic, a little bit more narrative. Uh, there are a lot of rules that are going to come up as we're playing, um, but I think we're going to have a good time doing it. So before we get off to the races, I think, why don't you all introduce your characters? And each of your characters in the place of classes that we would normally have in D&D, each of your characters has a certain playbook. And this playbook is based off of kind of like the archetypes that we normally see in horror movies. Um, so tell us your character's name one more time, and maybe this time I'll write it down. And tell us your playbook, and then just like a little bit about uh, your secret sauce, what makes your character uh, special. Uh, 
go ahead and take it away, Robert. Yeah, so uh, I'm playing Kenneth Wiseman. Uh, my playbook is The Flake. Uh, Kenneth runs an online forum called Screaming Into the Void and uh, has a lot of net friends uh, that he can tap into uh, some information databases and whatnot about. And uh, Kenneth has like Coke bottle glasses that make his wide eyes even larger and is wearing like army surplus gear. Uh, Just your sort of typical paranoid, delusional, um, flaky gentleman. Oh, and and also Kenneth knows when people are lying to him. Oh, oh okay, cool. Good to know. <laughs> um, I guess that means it's my turn. Um, uh, Sloan is uh, uh, a, a non-binary individual and their playbook is the crooked. Um, and they used to be an assassin for hire um, and are now a monster hunter. Um, they have, uh, smiling eyes and they are wearing, uh, like, like, um, cool streetwear, um, like in those like fashion TikToks that I'm sure someone has seen (laughs) out there in the ether. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, like big oversized, like baseball tee, like ripped jeans, combat boots, uh, and, um, a necklace that just says killer, uh, which they think (laughs) is really funny. Um, and, uh, they have a handful of weapons and a past. I'm going to watch this CW show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm Carlos again. Uh, I'm playing uh, Grugnuk McChugnuk, who again uses <laughs> him pronouns. Um, I'm a middle-aged orc. Um, used to spend a lot of time uh, working <laughs> and uh, stealing stuff, and life used to be really cool. And then, you know, the economy kind of hit the shitter, and I lost my wife. Uh, I lost my kids. Uh, pretty much the only thing I was able to keep was my 2005 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos, I cannot. God damn it. Does it fly? God damn you to it, hell. It, it does fly, but this, the sliding door broke, so it's being held up by a bungee cord. Um, the space so bungee we cord. We can't go too fast or the wind will pick it up and we lose control. Anyway... Uh, the judge said that I could also keep my, uh, my like little pocket knife multi-tool thing just in case I needed it. Um, I have a pretty pity inducing face. Um, and a lot of my clothes I get at the gap. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've been on one of these adventures, but, uh, I miss, I miss my friends and, you know, I just, I'm here to. Prove that I'm worth something. I truly I, despise you. I remember when the orc economy collapsed. That must have been really tough on you. Back in 2008. You said you lost your wife and kids. I assume that was death, not like a court order. No, no it was divorce. We, we, we got divorced. 
Yeah, we got divorced. Uh, the wife took the kids. I kept the 2005 Dodge Caravan. It's not funny. I don't know why. <laughs> and if you'd like to listen to the rest of Grugnug's memoir, uh, you can on today's sponsor, audible.com. <laughs> Please buy my book. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, uh, my name is Nick. Uh since I'm new here, and I'll be playing um, the Mechanical and Electronics Interface Voidforged. Um, but you can call me Maeve. Uh, Maeve <laughs> is an action scientist, which is a playbook that is made by the creator of Monster of the Week, but for other licensing reasons is not part of any official book. It's all pretty messy. Um, <laughs> we found it online and we thought it was cool. So if it belongs yeah. to you, sorry, we love you. <laughs> um, but as uh, Maeve uh, is a Voidforge who sprang from um, like a mechanics helper, a little like tool set, like a laptop with a blowtorch on it and like something to interface with a lot of electronics. So Maeve is capable of all of these things as well. Um, Maeve is able to... Um, fix things quickly or poorly, depending as time allows. And interestingly, Maeve has uh, fan space fantasy jailbroken themselves. Uh, <laughs> so Maeve has complete control over all of their uh, directives. Um, this means that Maeve has also disabled fear because fear is not a useful emotion. Amazing. <laughs> I love Maeve. I love Maeve. <laughs> Just to clarify... Void fantasy. We don't do space around here. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, if you're gonna come into our space. house, you gotta use um, our words. My wife yeah. said, up for me. My wife <laughs> said she needed space. Some void. Carlos, we have three people currently auditioning for your spot. <laughs> this was Damn. bound to happen. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, uh, trying to take uh, over Carlos's spot is me. Uh, my name is James. Uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Dr. Krellian Solzer, or Dr. Krell for short. Um, you can call him Krell, but uh, usually I go by Dr. Krell. Okay. Um, so uh, he got a he's a he's got a doctorate of infotech. Uh, information technology. So he's kind of a bit of the tech uh, side of things. Uh, he's worked on some like communication systems. He's also worked on um, like security systems and things like that. So that's what he's doing here. He's going to be uh, uh, helping along with getting into the thing. And his voice is, that's eh, just mine. We'll be easy. Um, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, he, uh, he's a human. And that's about as much as I know. Oh, oh uh, playbook. Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's the initiate. Uh, nice. So he's uh, he's affiliated with kind of like a secret society um, and has some like fun fighting stuff that he can do. A couple of different tech pieces uh, that we've kind of translated into uh, um, the void uh, instead Very of being awesome. magic, of course. Uh, he's 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 pretty quiet. Uh, he's pretty soft. Um, oh, he's also just wearing kind of like a, a suit from Dillard's. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's not it's it's a nice suit from Dillard's. It's not like a bad suit, but also, you know, he's he spends most of his time in the office. So, yeah, <laughs> these called shots Doctor. between Dillard's and this Dodge Caravan. Let's just <laughs> keep shoehorning as many things into this reality as possible. However Those many brands we can name drop, we're just out here looking for sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Cosmo, sweet Nike shoes. <laughs> oh we have one more chicken left. 
Is that me? Am I the other chicken? Yeah, you're chicken? the last chicken. Oh, yeah. shit. Um, uh, uh, hi, my name is David. Uh, I'm going to be playing Cosmo Crash of The Castle One Crashes. Um, it means nothing. It means nothing to anyone but Cosmo. Um, he is a former rapscallion and a current hooligan. Um, uh, he's been tooling around the void for the last X number of years um and uh he is uh uh i am uh the the professional um is my playbook people uh, uh pe- people call me cool cosmo also calm cosmo and on occasion combustible cosmo because i <laughs> have a grenade launcher <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about a grenade launch earlier. Oh, um, I understand. Uh, In my yeah. experience, many humans are combustible. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Amen. Fabulous. Uh, but yeah. um, good, 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 good. So um, we're going to get into what you all are doing, how you all know each other. Um, but before we jump out with that, I'm going to intro us with a bit of narration. So sit back, close your eyes, and... Let's get into the void. The void. Always. Immense and unknowable. Teeming with persistent life. Life that clings to tiny rocks they call worlds. Worlds so small they are almost swallowed by that endless purple and black. Sometimes you can see that life, that fragile thing, jump from rock to rock world to world, a defiant, beautiful act of arrogance. This is a story of what happens when life takes that leap. Renegaya, a memory. She holds him close as the others scatter, uselessly grasping for anything, crying out for something, insects before the growing light, before the growing light. She says his name, buried into the nook of his neck and shoulder. Confused, he asks what she said. Their last misunderstanding before the glowing red light. The Witness, a subchapter. Elsewhere and meanwhile. The Feyrun Galaxy, the Fey System, a debris field encircling a glittering jewel of a planet where we have been cast. And that's where you all are. So. Oh, my yes. God. Girl. Like, oh, my God. I'm I've been waiting Holy for shit. the next chapter. Yeah, it's well, this is a subchapter, so. Many, many subchapters. <laughs> Jules, um, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're all darling. Um, you are part of a crew of void pirates led by one Captain Janus. Um, Captain Janus is uh, feared throughout the void, um, bloodthirsty and conniving, um, but also sexy. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) I will tell you more. Captain Janus um, sort of wears a big red leather jacket. Mm. has um, Mm. a tangled mass of blue hair that kind of covers half their face. Um, Mm. When their hair parts, you can make out a sort of tattoo of the uh, Roman numeral two on their forehead. Mm. Um, They're always sort of touching something, always like fiddling with something in their hands, but their eyes are 
piercing and steady. Uh, you serve upon Captain Giannis's ship. Um, you have been his crew on many missions. Um, some of you have worked together many times. Some of you have only done a few jobs together. But all of you sort of knows what each of you brings to the table. Um, this is not your first mission. There's a mechanic in Monster of the Week called Luck, which kind of measures the longevity of your character. Uh, the more sort of monsters and trials you encounter in this game, the more your luck begins to wear out. You are all on your very last line of luck. But this job should pay off big time. So Giannis has taken a contract from HAL, the Human Advocacy League. There is an abandoned lab that used to be run by one Hestia Moonbreaker. This lab was a secret hidden in the debris field of Renegaya, the moon that once orbited Olympia. Uh, but after the destruction of that planet, of that moon, which was the um, orcish homeworld, uh, there's nothing there but uh, radioactive rocks and this hidden lab. So you have schematics sort of of this lab that have been uploaded into your um, various uh, devices. Uh, sextants, that's what we call them in this world. <laughs> I knew I had a, a void word uh, for cell phones. So if um, listeners, you want to follow along with this map we're going to be using, you can find it on our Reddit. Bianca, what's our Reddit? Our Reddit is the pod has been cast. There, it's so easy. It's the name easy of our piece. podcast. Um, <laughs> hop on there. Uh, you can check out this uh, cool little map I made and um, follow along with us. Uh, you don't have to, just, you know, content, multimedia make engagement. Happy. Make me happy, please. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> please make me happy. Uh, um, tell me about it. So right now, your ship is uh, kind of idling through this debris field. You're trying to keep as low profile as possible. You're very close in the orbit of Olympia, and you don't want to detect any attention from the elven fleet. Tell me, what is the name of your ship? I'm not about to come in here and start making decisions. <laughs> uh, the Decision Maker. The decision maker. I love yeah. it. I, I actually know. love that. Ooh, that's okay. good. That's pretty good. Turns out. <laughs> All right. Nice. And the 2005 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> the 2005 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> yeah, you could have done the it. Decision you could have done 2005. <laughs> the 2005 um, Decision Dodge Caravan. <laughs> the uh, decision maker with its flashy red paint um, idling out there among these uh chunks of broken rock. Um, Carlos, what's one thing that's on this ship? One thing that your character likes? Um, we do have a small uh, library of <laughs> self-help books available in the break room. Oh. <laughs> I provided all the books. Oh. No one has read them but me. Um, Nick, what's another feature that this ship has? It has many big windows for me to look out into the void from. Lovely. So this ship with its um, big windows and small library <laughs> crammed with self-help books. Could have picked anything <laughs> in the world. A jacuzzi and a uh, exercise It's all room. I have. <laughs> I'm picturing this library as like a broom closet with a bookshelf in it. It's, it's more broom than books. But. <laughs> um, Tell me about it. Captain Giannis calls you all up onto the flight deck. 
um, as you are closing in on your target, we're going to say, I think we'll start in the self-help closet with our friend Grungnug. Uh, what do you do? I like to come in here and, uh, you know, turn on the little light in the closet. And I find that I come in to read the books. However, I spend a lot of time sighing and uh, rereading pages over and over again. I've been thinking a lot about family and all these bills I have to pay. Uh, Hoping someone would come and chat. (laughs) Well, you hear the alert from from Captain uh, Giannis um, to meet up on the flight deck. Uh, Do you go? I suppose. As you head out, you will pass one of the large windows. Um, you said that the uh, library was in the break room, so I guess, yeah, the break room <laughs> of this The closet spaceship. in the break room. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you open up the door of that closet in the break room, and you see a um, void forge sort of looking out of a giant window. Hello, Maeve. Oh, hello, Grugnug. How are you today? Uh, I guess I'm a little better than... I was yesterday. I was. I'm kind sorry. Of a, a, it was impolite for me to ask. I do not care. The captain right. summoned us. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I'll tell you later. <clears throat> um, maybe you and Grugnug um, head up to the uh, flight deck. Sloan, where's your favorite spot on the ship? Um, I think that my favorite spot on the ship probably is the flight deck. I think that mm. Sloan likes to feel like close to control. Uh, They don't want to be in charge, but they like to be like nearby when decisions are being made. Um, So I think that I think that Sloan is like on the flight deck already, like feet propped up in a chair, sitting in a very gay way, smoking (laughs) there. (laughs) You know exactly what I mean. I say that and you picture it perfectly in your brain. (laughs) Picture a chair and then picture using that chair incorrectly. Exactly. And that is how Sloan is sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Smoking, smoking their, their void vape. Oh, yeah, there is, of course, Void Vape. A um, Void Clove. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That's a whole new vibe. The vape smoke flavor is clove. Yeah. Yanis uh, has been sort of quickly um, filtering through uh, different files. I'm sitting in the captain's chair. Uh, you're usually up there uh, keeping Yanis company. Uh, you two have grown um, close. Yanis just like sort of like holds out a hand to take a hit of your vape. Uh, I hand it over and sort of like peer over their shoulder to like see what's see what what files are, are being brought to the forefront. Um, you see the same image of that asteroid, but several points of it have been sort of highlighted with like red dots. It looks like he's like trying to map something out. I'd say looking at it, your guess is that he wants to place something in these locations on this um, asteroid. Um, he takes a long drag of the um, void vape pen that sort of um, hums a little melody as you um, pull from it. <laughs> and um, as he exhales, Sloan, this is going to be a big one, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were taking things out of the ship. This sort of looks like we'll be leaving things behind. Oh, don't worry. They won't stay behind for long. These are the kind of things that go... Boom. Grenades. Got it. <laughs> Lots of grenades. Uh, he uh, hands you back uh, the vape pen as um, the door opens. Dr. Krell, you come through. Dr. Krell, what is your relationship with Sloan and the captain? Uh, I feel like 
uh, I think Dr. Krell is pretty much exclusively um, like a professional sort of vibe. Like he's not ne- he's not necessarily professional, but he's not like getting super close to anybody. Uh, his whole thing is like, I'm I'm going to get this job done uh, and we are going to move on with our lives and it's going to be fine. It's going to be quick and smooth. And if we have to get into anything, we will be prepared for it. All right. Um, you come into the room. Uh, how, how do you sort of like make your presence known? Do you make your presence known or do you just like wait to be addressed? Um, yeah, actually. So he's going to uh, he's going to come in and uh, he's looking at his uh, sextant, mm. uh, kind of like flipping through it. I feel like he developed kind of a miniature uh, sort of like sort of like a statistical prediction technology. So he's like running through some statistics to see whether or like how this is going to go based off of different circumstances. Mm, nice. And so uh, he's just going to come in uh, and stand in the middle of the room uh, looking at this sextant. Not say anything. <laughs> Sloane, you take note of that. Oh, uh, the absolutely. captain has returned to um, his screens. I think uh, I think I like push off from the chair and like walk over and blow smoke into the good doctor's face uh, <laughs> and say, uh, what are our odds? Uh, well, they are currently looking pretty fine. Uh, we're looking at an 88%. Now, Granted, nothing is going to be 100%, but if you look at this, and I'm going to, like, uh, turn the sextant towards them, uh, and I'm going to say, so if you look at this, uh, our chances of getting in, 98%. Now, that usually doesn't happen. Uh, chances it, of getting out, around 88 Is it like a like a calculator? Like, could I push, could I push buttons on this program? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're looking at a TI-86. Perfect. Um, I make Frame it say it. boobs. And then uh, I let you have it back. Nice. <laughs> okay, now, see, I, I see what you're doing here. Um, but also, you've got kind of a good point. And I'm just going to start, like, clicking something. Um, I think I think Sloane just laughs. I think that just absolutely delights them. Uh, and they <laughs> But they're thinking, like, 98% chance to get in is pretty good, actually. And that makes them feel better. Cosmo and Kenneth... Where do the two of you hang out? I, I think mostly uh, Kenneth hangs out in sort of the, the nooks and crannies of the ship. So you'd probably expect him to like fall covered in dust from an air duct or crawl out of a garbage can in the break room or, or something like that. <laughs> um, and Cosmo, I think you know that Kenneth is the hardest to wrangle for these meetings and um, you know where to find him by this point um uh absolutely uh i i i leave my room which has six bunk beds in it um (laughs) and uh, i uh immediately go over to the the garbage chute that kind of like goes between uh my room and uh and kenneth's room uh and i just kind of like i shove my arm like just straight down in there and i'm just like all right i know you're in here where are you come on come on Wait, all of a sudden, Kenneth turns and sort of just like grabs Cosmo around the neck. And you can see Kenneth has face paint on that make it look like the sign on the garbage chute that says pull. He's like, I knew you'd be looking for me in there. I stood right next to it. All right, all right, you did. All right, I'll tap out, I'll tap out, I'll tap out. It's fine. Go. <laughs> all right. Oh, oh, you got you got me there. All right, Kenny, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm not. That's that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. But you're not gonna get me like that. It was second time in a row. I promise. Hey, hey, let me tell you something, Cosmo man. Let me tell you something right now, man. 
I've been watching the garbage going down this chute, man, and something's going on, man. <laughs> Something weird's happening here. What? And I, I, I'd like you, to take this opportunity to use Kenneth's uh, at the beginning of each mystery uh, power. Yeah. To look for the wider patterns of the current events that uh, might be going on. Oh, interesting. Is that a roll or? So, so right now, what I do is I roll, and okay. based on what I get, I will get a certain amount of holds for questions I can ask throughout the mystery. Oh, that's fabulous. Ooh, yeah, go for yeah. it. This is all going to be based on the trash that Kenneth has been watching get thrown away <laughs> over the last couple of days. Works for me. Ooh, and he rolled very poorly. <laughs> I got, uh, one, so I hold one. So okay. at some point in this mystery, I can ask the keeper a question from a list of questions to connect the dots. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, Yeah, you did find one thing in there that you think might be helpful and you tuck it into your um garbage clothes <laughs> yes. yeah, it's like uh he's got um like a helmet on sort of like when you see somebody at a baseball game with one of those beer helmet ons with uh, like a yeah. beer on either side mm -hmm. but instead of beers it's walkie-talkies he's just sort of like <laughs> dialing in on the dials and frequencies on the two walkie-talkies on the sides of his helmet fabulous um you'll both hear over the speaker um the captain's voice Kenneth, Cosmo, if the two of you are done doing whatever that is, would you like to join us? So hot. <laughs> oh, right, we're on our way. We were just practicing drills. That's yeah, all. That's what you always say. That's what we're always doing. <laughs> <laughs> you all um, reunite um, on the flight deck. Um, the uh, captain... Uh, highlights an image on that same asteroid, forwards it to all of your sextants, and um, sort of chuckles to himself. They say it couldn't be found, <laughs> but I cracked it. Are you all ready to uh, go aboard? Affirmative, Captain. When well, do we leave? Mysterious intro like that, who could say no? <laughs> who knows what's hiding inside this little nut? Uh, now, Captain. Yeah. Uh, forgive me, real quick. What uh, what are we looking at in terms of resistance? Uh, how quiet is it going to be? I know, as far as we know, no one else knows about this, but should we be prepared for the potential of finding a different group that is also looking for the same thing that we are? Oh. If we can find yeah, it, it man, is findable. if you know, man, you better be telling the truth, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would I lie to you? Uh uh, you know that that's a lie, uh, Kenneth. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he'll say, look, the lab's abandoned. The HAL intel is good. I think this is going to be one of our easier projects. All we got to do is get in there, get that power going again, and uh, download a couple of files. Do you think you can handle that, Doc? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No worries. Um, uh, and he's going to just like type out a quick message uh, and send it uh, to uh, his 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 um, uh, like his notes, basically. 
Mm, cool. Um, I, I'm trying. So uh, I, I have to do an initial move that I forgot to do uh, until yeah. Robert mentioned that he did. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. If any of you have top of mystery rolls, I should have said that. Um, we can go ahead and resolve them right now. Uh, so yeah. what do you do, top of mystery, Doctor Crow? Uh, when you are in good standing with your sect uh, at the beginning of each mystery roll plus charm. Uh, on a plus 10, on a 10 plus, they provide useful info or help in the field. On a seven to nine, you get a mission associated with the mystery, and if you do it you'll get some info or help too. On a miss, they ask you to do something bad. Uh, okay. So basically, I'm like trying to send a message real quick to my uh, to my um, my crew um, that is like my bosses, basically. So I'm assuming it's kind of like your boss's boss or something like that. Uh, like letting them know what the probability is of being able to get in here uh, and seeing okay. if they'll send a message back to help. Go for it. Oh no, I threw my dice on the ground. Captain, shall I prepare the dollies? Will, will there be any physical items to transport back to the ship? We might find some stuff there worth taking. But uh, let's keep that on the down low. How'd you do, James? I got 11. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good first roll. So, so, so you told me. Tell me one more, one more time. What does 11 get you? So, uh, on a 10 plus, they provide some useful info or help in the field. Okay, cool. You give them the probability and your contacts from HAL message you, and they say, good agent, the payload should be located on the fifth floor in laboratory two. Make sure you aren't seen. Here is the frequency you can reach us at. We will rendezvous when you contact us. Yeah, so the useful thing that you get there is the exact location of what you're supposed to be picking up for your sect. Sweet. All right. The decision maker is going to pull up to this asteroid, kind of goes around to the dark side of it that faces away from the twin stars of the Fae system. And um, you see like a little uh, shuttle bay tucked in some rock. Um, the ship pulls up and you see a captain does like something on his device. It sort of looks like he's maybe like hacking into it. And the uh, doors to the shuttle bay grind open um, and the decision maker pulls in. As the airlock shuts behind you though, Captain um, Yana sort of looks a little concerned um, and like you see a little like a couple of alerts popping up on his system. Mm, what's going on? Looks like life support's down. Could have guessed that. Uh, looks like we're gonna have to suit up to go inside. You're all fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, I'm not scared. <laughs> well, hey man, are you telling me you have bad intel, man? I'm telling you that I have ever-changing intel. As the universe around us is constantly expanding and changing, so is my intel. And it's part Doctor. of our job to change it back. So let's go. Doctor, has this recalibrated the probability? Well, how much do you want to know? <laughs> I do not mind. You may tell me anything. That's fair. Uh, we're, we're still looking fine. Um, I'm, I'm going to call it a potentially successful. You know, we shouldn't we should run into anything bad. We've got our suits. We know how to use them. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit more rocky on the way in. I just hope you're not looking down at that little sextant and accidentally walk out of an airlock, Doc. 
No, 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 I'm, I'm fine. Uh, Captain, um, Giannis goes to the um, airlock out of your ship, the decision maker, and starts um, suiting up. Um, you all have void suits with um, little air tanks attached to them that should um, provide you... Uh, hopefully enough oxygen to survive this mission. <laughs> Negative. I do not require oxygen. Yeah, I knew I wanted uh, something about you, Maeve. <laughs> um, you all suit up and head out on to the uh, shuttle bay four. It is uh, deserted. It's sort of a small um bay that doesn't look like it's made to handle like a ton of ships. This was a secret lab, so that kind of makes sense to you. Uh, Giannis continues forward and kind of hacks through the next door, um, opens up a little corridor that seems to lead deeper into the facilities. Um, for folks at home following us on our little map, we just went in through level 3A? And we're moving into 3B. Um, so as you come out of that corridor, you are in a large communication hub. Uh, you see like a central desk that probably was at one point an information unit. Um, you see a bunch of kind of like scattered desks across the place um, and a large uh, computing system towards the back of the room. Dead center in the room is a glass elevator that extends from floor to ceiling. Um, a wonk evader. A wonk evader, if you will. <laughs> uh, I will. Um, uh, <laughs> we will. Uh, you all, uh, there's no gravity in here. Life support is off. So you all have like kind of your mag boots activated on your, uh, well, you don't have to, but you probably should have your mag boots activated to kind of keep you um, glued down to the ground as you're moving through. Um, there seems to be a little bit of power going through this room. The lights are dim. It seems to be like on some sort of emergency power supply. Um, but Captain Giannis immediately goes over to the um, computing system. Um, you will also notice, and I think, Maeve, you would notice this first, an automaton activates as you all walk into this room. Um, you know, this is not a void forge. This is a crude robot um, made to like sort of serve a very direct purpose. Um, it sort of like wakes up, kind of walks over to where you are standing and you see it like unfolds a compartment within its chest and takes out like a broom and kind of sweeps up the floor behind all of you. Um, doesn't acknowledge you otherwise in any way. Hello, my name is Maeve. I'm here to help. Hello, friend. Is there anything I can help you fix today? Um, the uh, Tom, Tom just sort of looks at you and sort of um, nods, mm, happy to be of service, and um, continues to like kind of sweep up where you are. As you look around this room, it is spotless. Friend, I have asked you a question and you have not answered. You will answer me, friend. Mm, uh, happy to be of service. This one is not responsive. I will learn what I can. Uh, and I have a move called engineering where oh. I can quickly fix or break a complicated gadget yes. to do what I want it to do. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Go ahead and roll it. Uh, so I'm going to roll plus sharp here. And uh, that is a failure, um, <laughs> which means 
Uh, I do the worst thing possible to the gadget, which usually involves an explosion. I mean, that's exactly what happens. You sort of like open um, the back compartment on this um, automaton and start working on it, and it immediately starts sparking, and its head sort of pops up and goes flying across the room. Of course, there's no gravity, so it just sort of like explodes and like bounces into the ceiling, and Mm -hmm. now it's sort of just like ricocheting around the room as the automaton just sort of like is just like standing there now motionless. Before it exploded, would Kenneth be able to tell within the abilities of his suspicious mind if Mm. that automaton really was happy to help or not? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kenneth, you've encountered a lot of liars in your time. That automaton was the most honest creature you've come across. Wow. Oh, man, that thing could have helped us, man. This unit was defective. It could not have helped us do anything. Uh, You're defective, man. Maybe we're all defective. Affirmative. I am defective. Okay, well, before we get deep into one of those self-help tirades, Maeve, do you think that maybe you can make one of those computers not explode and perhaps turn on the life support in here? Oh, good luck with that. Affirmative. Captain. Have you learned anything on the computers about the life support? Yeah, okay, so we might be here a little bit longer than I anticipated, but... What um, does that mean? It means uh, we got this under control. Uh, It looks like this place suffered a pretty massive power failure. The uh, radioactive waves coming off the asteroid are enough to mask most of the energy signatures that this lab would have put off. But it just looks like it's all dead now. All right, so here's what we need. It looks like life support is located on the sky deck, which is the uppermost level of this lab. I need a team to go up there and uh, get some oxygen and gravity circulating in here again. I'll need another team to go down to the basement to um, turn on the emergency power and also disconnect security so uh, Moonbreaker's defenses don't try to blow us to bits. Uh, Well, I'll go ahead and volunteer myself for heading down to the uh, fifth floor. Uh, I think I can probably do something with that. Uh, if anyone wants to come along with me to spread out the help here, that would be very fantastic. I'll join you. All right. Okay, so it sounds Anybody like else? Sloan and Dr. Krell are volunteering to go down to engineering. There are only two locations, so we're just splitting up into two groups, right? Um, Yeah, or uh, you could go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 just hang I could stay here and keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth is going to go with Dr. Krell because... Kenneth, uh, whatever the sort of like Craigslist equivalent in the void is, has applied to a lot of like research studies and things like that. Uh So I think Kenneth has worked with Dr. Krell on various experiments in the past, but due to signing a series of NDAs, we can't really get into the specific nature of those experiments. (laughs) Great for timing. Um, and just make sure, Jules. Uh, the so uh, when you said fifth floor lab two um, for uh, for the, the the little thing I got to grab real quick. Uh, that, that's what you meant, right? That it was on the, in the basement. Yeah. So it would be fifth okay. floor. I'm um, looking at the uh, map that you all have. That would be um, room five D. Okay. Tubular, bro. Okay. 
I will head to the sky deck to help repair the life support. Okay, yeah, all right. I'll go there too. So, like, we're you guys are all going in different directions. I have a job to do. <laughs> oh, hey, Grubler, why don't you come with us? It, it'll be fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll go with you. I, I'll let you hold my grenade launcher. I don't know how to use this thing. It's gonna be fine. Oh, good lord. Just please keep your finger off the trigger and I think you should be okay. Wait, what? Um, um Yanos is gonna say, uh, cool. All right, well... Uh, if you can uh, figure out how to get into that elevator shaft, I think you could probably, uh, well, one of you can uh, climb down and the other one can climb up. And I'm going to go for a little ride. So if you need me, I'll be on comms. Uh, stay in touch. Affirmative, Captain. I will open the doors. Captain Yana sort of like winks at you, Sloan. Gotta go set those boom boom charges, right? <laughs> boom. Um, Jules, be careful. Uh, can I... Uh, uh, it- I, I would like to take note of what direction um, the captain goes. Sure, yeah. The captain goes back out the way you came in, back towards the okay. ship. Um, you figure um, the captain's going to take um, his uh, clipper, his um, little, like, fast ship, yeah. and go uh, place the uh, explosive de- detonator, char- charges, bombs, grenade charges in the locations yeah, the that he needs to. And that is... <laughs> And that is something that we are aware of? Um, no, he didn't really uh, fill you in, as usual, to, like, every aspect of this plan. Um, sure. But he says he's going to go place explosives outside, and he starts walking away. As soon as he Good starts enough. walking away, Grugnak goes for, like, a bro hug, but it's, like, <laughs> a little too soon. So he does that, like, weird thing where he swings his arm around, like, pretending to stretch oh, out his shoulder I think, blades. Grugnak, I think I need you to act under pressure. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that means. This is a roll. So you're going to roll a 2d6. Okay. And you're going to add your cool. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, I got a five. Okay, a five is a failure. Cool, right? So oh. as you go in, um, Captain sort of like dips out of the way and trips you. What are you doing, man? Come on. Ow, ow. I'm I'm sorry. I thought we were bros. We've been doing this a long time. Ow, you're hurting my arm. I, you can't you can't just sneak up on me like that, all right, bud? Okay. I, I'm sorry. I forgot how suspicious you were. Right. If you're hurt, that's on you, okay? I'm crying. Stop it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. Okay. Just don't right. touch me. Drug nug. For future reference, that thing generally works better if you come from the front. Um, people know that it's about to happen. It works a lot better. Right, so back, back hugs are bad. Got it. Uh, Not always. They don't have to be. Can we all, like, practice hugging? Just uh, so I get a good... Let's later. I've got to go do a thing. Um, I have a job Wait, to where do. are you guys going? Hold on. The captain starts walking away. Captain says, uh, Maven Sloan, you're in charge. And, uh, heads out. <laughs> Hello, Doors. My name is Maeve. I'm here to help. And I'd like to open the doors to the Wonkavator. Um, cool. This actually probably won't require any sort of check. The doors are just um shut, but they're not locked or anything <laughs> like that. Um, you'll just have to like physically pry them open. And you're a uh, robot, so that is easy for you <laughs> so? to do. Um, even with a little help of Grugnug, I think it'll be even easier. Um, so you all pull open the doors to the elevator shaft. It is just a long, dark tube going down and going up. Well, this shouldn't be too difficult. There is no gravity. So uh, is there a, is there a, there's no elevator there, right? It's just a, a shaft. You do not see an elevator. 
Um, is there like a cord or anything like that? Um, like, like no, this looks like, like, like um, I would, I would call this a sci-fi elevator. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. A wonkivator, okay. if, if you will. <laughs> so it's magnets. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's magnets, but it's like more science magnets. It's quantum magnets. Quantum, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it quantum. is. It's quantum <laughs> magnets. Quantum I love the magnets. Oh, man, those things will mess with your blood cells, man. <laughs> it's also It'll really cool if they get close to an explosion. Well, you heard the captain. I'm in charge. Nobody die. Nobody steal anything. We'll meet back here when we're done. Okay. Cool. Uh, like right I'm just here? Gonna... Wait, wait, like right here. Like this is where? Right here. Sure. Well, yeah, unless you have a better idea. I'm, just, I'm, I'm making sure there's a plan, all right? This is the spot. We're going to meet right here. I pull out an abnormally large version of the map that we're using for this game, <laughs> and I mark exactly where we are on the map, and I fold it into 20, 20 folds. Uh, I tell you what, it'll be pretty evident whenever we get everything back online. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the light should turn on, things like that. So you should know then. Give us another maybe chunk of time to make sure that the uh, uh, security system is also down. I don't know. I mean, we've got comms. I'm not really too worried about this. Let's just get going. Okay. Um, As you start heading down and up, you hear the um, shuttle bay opening and you hear um, Captain Yano's taking off. Let's start... With the up team. Like Cardi B says. What's up, team? Going on up. We are the up team. Up team. (laughs) Um, It's the up team time. (laughs) So remind me who up team is. Uh, (laughs) Maeve. Cosmo. Cosmo. Okay, cool. Maeve, Cosmo, Grognuck. Um, Yours is the easiest way, because all you have to do is turn off your grav boots and kind of just, like, allow yourselves to float up, um, holding on to the sides, kind of. They're, they're a little, like, um, maintenance. Are there any, like, one would say, like, carbonated, like, raising beverages that one would have to deal with? <laughs> you did see a vending machine in that last room. I should have said. It's bad on me on, as a DM. You saw a vending machine. You all passed it, and there's no point in going oh, back now. Really? There's Fizzy dropping drinks. That's the weird part. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm glad we didn't get them. (laughs) Um, You start making your way up the uh, shaft. Um, You don't get up too far until you get to a um, floor (laughs) opening. Um, This door is also sealed and is marked uh, level two. Hello, door. My name is Maeve. (laughs) I'm here to help. I'm not sure that all the doors actually talk here. So far, none of them do. Let, let me do do their thing. Right, right, let them right, do right, this. Right. They need this. It's important. Right. We have to be there for them. Hello, door. Do you go to the sky deck? Yeah, I go. Uh, I, go <laughs> I go to the sky deck. I absolutely do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Negative. You guys are unpleasant to be around. <laughs> the shaft does continue upwards, but there is just this door you come up for the next level as you continue. Door. I will come back if you are necessary, and I'll continue going up. Okay, you all go up? Yeah. Cool. I, I hate I hate when you prompt us to answer that. Like, it's just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but. I, I do You know that. what, guys? I thought about this again. I'm going to go down. <laughs> I think this is a little too high for me, and I know there's no gravity, but you never know. It's your <laughs> lives. It's your lives. It's nothing to do with me. Um, you <laughs> three continue upwards. Um, you go on for quite a while, but it's easy going, um, just sort of propelling yourselves um, skywards. You get to the elevator. Um, you get to the bottom of the elevator, actually. That seems to be sort of blocking your entrance into the uh, sky deck as the elevator is just sort of sitting there. Hello, elevator. 
My name is Maeve. I'm here to help. God. You are blocking our way. It Elevator, will work on you are not here. responding. <laughs> One of these times it'll work. Um, <laughs> and I I guess I will begin. I have a plasma torch because I am <laughs> A mechanic void forge. I'd like to start cutting into the bottom of the elevator with the plasma torch. Oh, that's super easy for you to do. It's just going to take some time. So you start cutting your way in, and we cut over to Team Downtown. Um, so that should be Kenneth, Doctor Krell, and Sloane. You make your way down the elevator shaft. Um, it's easier for you to. It's easy. It's easy enough. It's just like it takes a little bit more work to kind of like push yourselves down than it does to like push yourselves upwards. You have to like pay more attention to like where your handholds are. Otherwise, you start drifting up. Um, You could also just kind of turn off your grav boots and just climb down there the old uh, or turn on your grav boots and climb down there the old fashioned way. Um, But as you make your way down, you reach um, a pair of double doors for level four. Uh, One kind of goes to one side of the facility, the other door kind of goes to the other. Both of these, however, are open. I think as you get down to these open doors to level four, your a little alert pops on your screens for your void suits saying like um, foreign uh, contaminant um, detected. Interesting. Interesting. Well, this is a problem. Um couple of things I'm thinking about here, y'all. Um, I, whenever the power goes on, I want to make sure that every single door that we've gone by uh, doesn't have anything uh, contaminating. You know, we, we don't want the uh, we don't want the AC to turn on uh, and then put whatever this is all throughout the system. Um, mm. So I kind of want to go in here and check it out if you guys want to go in here and check it out. Do I assume that our, our void suits have like a filtration system? Yeah, so long as your suits don't get um, punctured or you don't run out of air or there isn't a malfunction in your suit or no, you, you should be fine. Sure. <laughs> I'm not afraid of death. I'm going to double and triple check to make sure that my patch kit is on my suit like five, ten times. Um, Good. Now that I know that there's a contaminant. I, I would like to. So the map, <laughs> the map that we have is sort of incomplete. I'm assuming, right? It we, is. we don't necessarily know which way we're going or what the best way to move forward is. That is true. I would like to contact my friends on uh, my moderators on screaming into the void into our in our private chat, <laughs> okay. uh, and see if my net friends know anything about which way to go. Uh, or sort of which way would be the best way to proceed here. Interesting. So, okay, so you're going to contact your net friends, you're going to send them this map and see if they can kind of figure out the best way for you to go. Here yeah. is the warning I will give you. Uh, this map is sensitive information, as in people do not know that you are doing this. Uh, so sending it to your net friends, if you roll low enough, could have some ramifications. I'll say if it's a successful check, then they'll, you know, they, these are your friends. They're not going to, they're also paranoid. They wouldn't rat on you. Um, but if you hit a low score, you might risk knowledge getting out that you are infiltrating the space. Um, sure. I'll let and you I decide that, how to proceed. I think that Kenneth has been sort of live updating <laughs> as the situation has been unfolding on streaming into the void. So. Okay. There's not a lot of internet traffic on that blog, but... <laughs> never mind. Completely yeah. never mind. Uh, go ahead and roll it. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to roll and add charm to attempt to get some special information from my net friends. Okay. Ooh, and I got an 11. 
Perfect. Okay. Then I think they'll help you um, immediately, right? Yeah, it says they're available and helpful. Uh, they can fix something, break a code, hack a computer, or get some special information. Nice. All right, cool. So, cool. As they look at this map, you send it over, and people have, like, theorized about um, this lab for some time. Uh, this place is called Moonscab Base, by the way. And um, just from records of people that used to work here, records of people that claim to have built this thing, there is information floating out there on the dark web of what might be lurking in this lab. I think what they will tell you is that Hestia was famously pretty paranoid and probably built a lot of um, secret passages or fail-safes and things like that. And they, they think where you should be at right now is the um, crew level. So the people that worked in this lab would have slept eight, lived on this level. Um, you would reason, or they would reason, your net friends, that there may be a quick access panel on the engineering side of things to get people directly into the engineering room from one of these levels. And they know that the A side of this level had the engineering team. Okay, guys, hmm. listen up. Star Corsair <laughs> fan 42069 says to go this way. <laughs> Uh, I think Sloan just sort of like looks at Dr. Krell and is like, well, if Star Corsair fan 42069 says so, I guess we have no reason to distrust them. I mean, here's the thing. So far, you know, this this group uh, hasn't been wrong yet. Um, so I guess it's worth a shot. Uh, uh, which where's the crew? Where's the crew level here? Where are we going? Um, yeah, so you would be going through um, door number A, number A. Door number A. Number door number A. Door number A. Um, <laughs> hey, it's sci-fi. Letters are numbers now. That's true. You That's how it is in math. Let's ride. The uh, Sloan, will, Sloan will push through uh, door A. Are you leading the way, Sloan? Uh, yeah, I'm not cool. afraid. All right. Um, then you push on into the darkness. Um, I think your suits are equipped with um, overhead uh, flashlights, if you would turn those on. Yeah. Okay. Um, and as you turn on the light, that same light transitions to the fire light of the plasma torch that Maeve uses to finish off their incision into the elevator, leaving a panel open for you to proceed through. Careful, the edges will be hot. Do not burn yourself. And then I'll, I, will, I will go through. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You head up into the um, elevator and you're easily enough again able to um, sort of um, push open the uh, doors on to the sky deck. Um, does everyone follow? Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think the whole time that the like the burning the hole was happening, uh, Grugnuck was telling uh, Cosmo, <laughs> like, you know, for the longest time, I thought I was being selfish, but it was all about self care. I was taking care of myself. You understand? Self preservation. Disabling auditory input. Please let me know when he was done and I will re-enable it. Yeah, no, right. You're selfish. Yeah, it's good. You know, I get it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, well, that's what my therapist was saying. Anyway, I'm done, Maeve. Let's go. Re-enabling auditory input. Um, This deck has a large uh, 
sort of glass dome ceiling and you can tell from the from the way it's sort of wired and the fixtures up there that these at one point were like sort of sun lamps and you look around and see an overgrown and partially dying greenhouse um large sort of exotic looking plants are wilting and some of them are thriving growing over their planters spreading into uh walkways and paths it smells um i think you are able to sort of smell through your suits so long as nothing like sort of um no, that doesn't make sense. You can't smell shit because there's no oxygen. Um, but um, you, uh, it just seems sort of rancid up here. The, the smellometer on my suit. The smellometer on your suit. <laughs> yeah, there is like a sort of like a scratch and sniff uh, portion of your, of your space suit. Um, you see like droplets of water kind of like flying through the air and um, all sorts of different plant life uh, towards the back of this room you see a like a, a little like um metal building almost um inside of all of the foli- foliage uh cosmo immediately goes over to check out that building yeah um as you look through this building um you see that this is probably like uh a little shed where uh, they would monitor kind of the uh, plant growth and things like that. Um, But it seems like it continues onward into what you think is probably the life support area. Um, As you're looking around, Grung, I'm going to say you also notice that there appears to be kind of a um, communications tower attached to the ceiling. And if you were able to get up to the ceiling, you might be able to restore communications to um, this uh, lab. I tap Maeve's shoulder and I point up at the communication systems and I say, don't worry, I'll go check it out. And I'm going to use my ability, don't worry, I'll check it out. Uh, (laughs) 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 Whenever you go off by yourself to check out somewhere or something scary, mark experience. Okay, cool. Cosmo, I have great news. Grognog has left of his own accord. <laughs> what did you guys say? As I'm like halfway up the ladder. <laughs> um, actually, you probably don't have to take a ladder. If you just turn off your grav boots and just push off the floor, you can kind of float your way up into the scaffolding of this um, ceiling. I could, but I... <laughs> Yeah, 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 cool, 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 cool. Uh, uh, You make your way up the ladder, Uh, uh, Cosmo. uh, uh, Real quick, uh, before before, uh, uh, Grungnog jumps up, uh, uh, Cosmo just tosses him um, the other end of a uh, a retractable rope that he has on his uh, his belt because part of my resources is I have weird tech gadgets. Cool, cool, cool. Um, You know, weird tech like rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's weird. Yeah, and uh, but uh, he rope. just uh, he just tosses him the uh, the other end of the rope because he knew that we were going to be dealing with gravity and anti gravity stuff. So he uh, he he tosses that to Grungnug and just says, uh, "All right, you pull that if you need help. But if you don't need help, don't fucking pull it. All right." <laughs> I I, I kind of am saying this more to myself than I'm saying it to you. But as I'm going, I'm like, I don't need help. I don't need help. I can do this. I I can do this. I got this. I want everyone to die except for Grugnug. Grugnug is the only one not allowed to die. I'm already dead on the inside. Oh, no. Grugnug deserves to live. 
I want to marry you. Oh, uh, Cosmo and Maeve, uh, you proceed into this uh, small building. Um, tell me, how are you going about um, restoring life support? Uh, Cosmo's going to stand at the door, partially mm-hmm. because he's currently tethered to Grungnug. Um, uh, <laughs> but he's going to be standing at the door with uh, hands on grenade launcher, just like ready in case anything like, you know, anything unexpected like pops out or if there's anything that like goes off or just kind of like at the ready. Okay. He cool. just, you know, he, he's a professional. It's what he does. Maeve, you head over to the life support system. Hello, life support system. My name is Maeve. <laughs> I'm here to help. And I'm looking for like broken pipes. I'm looking for like uh, tubes. I imagine the life support is like air filtering through these plants, coming back and then going into the broader space system. So I'm looking for like areas that the oxygen will have come out of a tube or like a major leak that I can fix. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You'll notice two things right off the bat just because you are engineering savvy. There is work you could do right now to sort of improve the functionality of this system. But what it needs is for the first team, the downstairs team, to finish their job to give you enough power to activate the system. Now, part of my engineering move is if I need to quickly fix or break a complicated gadget, will this need power even if I do some real messed up engineering to it? That if you do work? some real messed up engineering, you might be able to power on this life support system without the aid of the generators in the basement. If you break this life support system, you break this life support system. <laughs> hey, live fast, die young, baby. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, that girl's doing well. Uh, so that is a nine plus two for eleven, oh, which means hey. we're fine, just like I wanted. I was worried you were um, worried. Just tell me kind of what Maeve does. Sure. I don't need to hear like something like you know scientifically accurate because you've listened uh-huh. to this podcast before. But <laughs> uh, tell me how you fix this thing without um, having to connect it to the main power source. Um, I think Maeve is going to, as being also a mechanical and electronics interface, I think first step is plug into whatever computer operates the life support mm. and then kind of like pa- like self-power it through me to like get like a diagnostics. Go, oh, tube four has a major leak. I'm repairing tube number four. Driver number six has a motor malfunction. Repairing driver number six. And then just like going through and like tightening bolts and like welding, just like making like a patch on a big tube, like yeah, yeah. jump starting, getting like a, a leaf or a pine cone like out of a fan. I think what you notice is that this system should have had a fail safe, but just from like years of kind of neglect, uh, the fail safe didn't go off. So you spending the extra time kind of cleaning it out, um, you are able to get life support up and running. You immediately like hear things like sort of coming back online around you. And you see sort of the external atmosphere detector on your suit. Well, you're not wearing a suit, just the one that you have in your brain. I am the suit, baby. (laughs) You are the suit. Um, Start to click off. Um, um, Cosmo, you also see the... uh, um, the, the external atmosphere uh, beginning to uh, slowly uh, dial itself back up. <laughs> Grugnug, uh, tell me, what is your, like sort of your tech background as you're trying to like kind of take a look at this comm tower? It's very outdated. <laughs> it's like back in the day when I used to do this, I was really tech savvy. I could do anything I needed to with this 
single pocket knife. <laughs> Fabulous. So you get off the 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 um you're up in the scaffolding up up like near the ceiling of uh the sky deck and you see it's sort of overgrown even this it looks like some plant in here somehow was surviving without any sort of atmosphere or anything like that and you think that's odd but also you're not a plant person so you kind of <laughs> i think maybe you had a cactus this for a would while be odd. there ain't no fucking plant person <laughs> so you kind of like move on and like start kind of poking around this comm tower i guess just kind of tell me how you're approaching this situation i start climbing with a lot of gumption yeah but as i get higher i both get tired and scared so i move more and more slowly (laughs) the higher I go. Alright, so you guys will see Grugnug about halfway up this tower. You're pretty close to the access panel where you could, maybe someone would have been able to kind of diagnose what was going on. But uh, Grugnug, you're almost there. And so is Team Downstairs. You head into the darkness and start looking around kind of these living quarters. And you are sort of moving your flashlight, your head um, lights, headlights, I don't know, around the room, and you are seeing bodies all over the place, just sort of in various degrees of decomposition. Um, but it seems like whenever the life support in this area failed, um, they are sort of like preserved a little bit, um, mummified even, and they're kind of just like floating around this room. Dr. Krell is going to go over to the closest one uh, and sort of just kind of gently grasp it by the shoulders Mm -hmm. um, and gently like push it down to the ground uh, and just kind of do like a quick once over to see like uh, any useful information. I'm just going to take a look at this body real quick. Sure, absolutely. I think you will see that what uh, uh, killed this thing was kind of a blast to the back of the head. As you turn it over, you can see kind of the burn marks and the hole where something like you, maybe like a laser, blasted this person in the back of their head. And um, what I think you also notice is that there are kind of chunks missing as if something were kind of like eating parts of this thing, of this person. Hey guys, get a load of this. Walk, 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 walk. Uh, uh, I think I think I think Sloane was sort of like like trying to do the same thing, but from a distance. Uh, and like now that that Doctor Krell has like pulled one to the ground, I think they take a look at at the at the wound in the back of the head. Would I recognize this? Perhaps as like a specific type of weapon. Investigate a mystery. I would love to. Rolls in the game. Rolls in the game. Rolls in the game. That's a nine. All right. On a nine to investigate a mystery, you can hold one. Uh, yeah. So these are the questions that you can ask me. What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? I think I want to ask what happened here. I'm specifically curious about the eating and if that happened before or after they died. Yeah, um, it seems like 
these people that used to kind of occupy these living quarters and which are kind of in like a common area. There's like a little kitchen. There's like a um, kind of a bathroom sort of section that has showers and stalled um, um, toilets um, and then multiple dormitories, probably like two levels of like just sing, um, single double um, dormitory rooms. Um, all the bodies kind of floating around in here seem like they were caught like in various states of undress as if like whatever like sort of had them meet this fate caught them by surprise. Um, and looking at the bite marks, I'll say that you're able to kind of determine that these were post-mortem. Cool. Uh, I am going to put a hand... <laughs> Sick. Uh, I'm going to put a hand on uh, Doctor's shoulder uh, and I'm just going to say... You might want to update your little doohickey there. I have a feeling whatever did this didn't leave. Yeah, that is very not great. Um, confession time too. This this device is honestly it's 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 still it's still uh, a work in progress. It's not it's not quite where I want it to be, but I'll give it. Not sure. It's a TI eighty four. It's no TI eighty nine, but I think it'll get there. <sighs> well, I wanted a TI Inspire. It's just they were like sixty bucks more, and and you know they did three D graphing, and it wasn't really that necessary. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to, uh, 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 I'm going to kind of stand up and look around for this uh, entrance into the engineering session that you were talking about. Yeah, Kenneth, with your intel, actually, I think Kenneth would have had no problem finding it. You actually have to go in through the bathroom, and in the wall, there seems to be a panel that you can remove that takes mm -hmm. you to kind of a um, service uh, uh, ladder that goes like through the wall, like down into like kind of the guts of this place. Uh, well, kind of the poop shoot, if you will. It, uh, <laughs> I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> to that I say um, no. Uh, but I think, I think yeah, this like, this like reveal of this like weird little shaft, I think Sloan is like, hey Kenny, this is sort of your speed, isn't it? Dark holes and weird places. Gross. Yeah, but I don't know, man. This is a weird situation, man. I think I think something might be going on here, man. And before even entering the room with all these dead bodies, I would like to try to get a read on this very clearly bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I think you should read a bad situation. Excellent. So you're going to roll 2d6, and you're going to add your... Sharp. I add my sharp, so I got a 10. Jeez, you guys are rolling very well. On yeah, no kidding. a 10, you can hold three, so you can ask me three of the following. What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? First, I would like to ask, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're hanging back and kind of like letting your your uh, comrades explore this area first. When you hear like a... And you see the um, uh, atmosphere detector uh, ticking up on your suit uh, slowly... But you definitely see it like starting to form and you're noticing that these bodies floating around are like kind of slowly starting to sink back towards the ground. As you look over your shoulder into the room that you did not choose, you can hear something sort of like, like fall over. Okay. My second question then would be between going into the shaft and going back, what's the biggest threat? Between going into the shaft and going back. What's the biggest threat? 
now that you were able to deduce life support is back on, climbing up back to where you came from is going to be much harder to do without the power on. And what's uh, uh, dangerous about going down the shaft is you just don't know what's down there. Okay, okay. Then I will slowly walk into the room and sort of like give like military hand signals to the other two that I'm not (laughs) entirely sure if they know or understand at all as I like Mm -hmm. slink through the room and then peer down the shaft. And for my third question, I'd like to ask, what's my best way in? Um, so are you, uh, your best way into, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like so what's the best way the, to proceed the, the, the into this access shaft. is what yeah. you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going down the ladder. You just have to be careful. Um, you, uh, reason it's probably smarter to keep your grav boots on and do it the old fashioned way. Cause when this gravity starts to like set in, you don't want to be like taken by surprise by the way. Okay, cool. Uh, I mm. will pull out my butterfly knife and do mm. some really cool flip tricks with it. Okay, like, cool, cool. I'm actually very dexterous and agile with this butterfly knife. You can tell I've practiced in my bedroom a lot. <laughs> so yeah. say we all. And then put it between my teeth and bite oh. down on it and well, then you start climbing. oxygen mask on currently, but yeah, yeah. The <laughs> So I bang it into my glass. Like, yeah, I go yeah. to put it into my teeth as a final move. I bang it into practice. the glass on the front of my helmet. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, with my minus one cool. Yeah, you crack your helmet open wide. <laughs> <laughs> and I will proceed uh, sort of feeling like I was the hero that was called out to lead the way from here on and climb down the shaft. Do you tell them about the noise you heard from the other side of the elevator? That is what I communicated with my hand signals. With your hand signals. Got you. Okay, cool. So you make your way down into darkness. Cosmo, you are watching back up on the sky deck. Grungug. It's Grugnuck. I'm so sorry. Grugnuck. Grugnuck the mundane. His way up the um, calm tower. Mm-hmm. Um, to take a look at that satellite. I would love for you to read a bad situation. I would love to. Um, I scream from the top. I say, hey, guys, I don't think this is too bad. Um, and as a uh, as the, the professional, one of my moves is I am a tactical genius. Oh, so when shit. I read a bad situation, I can add my cool instead of my sharp, which is higher. Um, shit, shit. So that is a. Uh, <laughs> you sold it really high, so I hope it's a good roll. Uh, I give Cosmo a thumbs up, smiling from up top. And I definitely <laughs> give him a thumbs up as I roll to six. Uh, cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, you have one point of luck. It's up to you to decide when to burn it. Sorry, Greg Nug. I rolled a six. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> Someone could help out to push that to a seven, but part of Mabe's whole thing is they have disabled fear and are never looking out for danger as a result of that. So it it won't be me. Fair enough. (laughs) Then, uh, Grugnug, you are getting up to this access panel, and I think you use your tiny knife to pry it open, and you're looking at a series of sci-fi screens and buttons in front of you, all of which are deactivated because the power has not yet been turned on in this facility. And you feel something creeping up your pant leg. Cosmo. (laughs) (laughs) You look down and you see vines 
that have seemed to have followed you up onto the scaffolding, working their way up your pant leg. I try to shake it off. <laughs> uh, uh, you shake it off, and it seems like as you sort of jostle them, more shoot up, and they kind of spring up, and now they're kind of like all over your torso. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, I, <laughs> I want to turn off my mag boots and push myself away from the ladder. Okay, you push yourself away and you are now like kind of floating. Uh, you feel yourself starting to sink as the atmosphere in this room is beginning to reset. Um, um, and as you're like sort of floating away, you feel oh, the shit. pull of these vines <laughs> trying to like suck you into the foliage of the greenhouse. Uh, Cosmo, you would have no problem seeing this happening. I tug the rope. Um, I, uh, uh, so I, ha I also have a, mo uh, a move called leave no one behind. Uh, uh, it says when I can help someone escape, I can roll plus sharp. Um, and I can, uh, uh, well, it, it, the, the, the remaining bits are dependent on what I roll. Let's but, uh, see I would if like, you can help someone escape. I would like to do that, please. I'm pulling in the rope for my dear life. Uh, that, uh, so that is a, uh, a nine... Oh. Plus one ten. Brilliant. What does that get you? Uh, on a ten plus, uh, I get them out clean. So I just I yank on that rope yes. like just straight up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and since his grab boots are on, it's kind of like it's a short game of tug of war. But you do have this kind of uh, uh, you said it's a retractable rope, um, and you yeah. were able to kind of wrench Grugnug from these vines, and you see more of them starting to spread over the walkway towards the little shed where the life support system was. Um, what do you do? Uh, uh, right before right before Grugna hits, hits the ground, I say, all right, tuck and roll, just like we practiced. <laughs> uh, and then I shout over, uh, hey, Maeve, we've got company, we gotta go. Affirmative, I am on my way. Grugnug, were you just totally oblivious to what's happening out there? <laughs> Grugnug, were you able to repair the communications tower? Mate, we gotta go! We don't have time. I cumbersomely try to duck and roll. <laughs> so your options are you could either try to take shelter from these vines by ducking inside of this little house, or you try to make your way to the elevator. We we came up here to do, to, to uh, repair the life support system, right? Like we that technically didn't, weren't here to repair the communications, right? Uh, nobody told you to. I... I scream, I scream, let's get out of here. And I'm going to use my ability, let's get out of here. <laughs> Take a drink every time somebody says their move before they say their move. <laughs> um, if you can protect someone by telling them what to do or by leading them out, roll charm instead of tough. So I want to be like, move, move, move. Getting okay. everyone through the elevator shaft. Yeah, go ahead and roll. Affirmative. Maybe it's walking at a very normal pace. <laughs> How uh, are, is the gravity like on now? It's close. It's close. Yeah, it just feels you. You feel buoyant at this point. So I would feel, I would feel like it is a an unwise decision for for myself to dive through the hole that we created in the bottom of the elevator. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Man, what if we? What yeah, if we had some sorry. sort of like <laughs> void rope though? If you had some sort of void rope, that would help. Here's what I'm gonna say though. I need. Grugnug to roll to protect someone to see how quickly you can get to this elevator shaft. Okay. Uh, nine. 
Can I help out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that would be ideal. <laughs> help me. We would love, we'd love that. Help me. Help me. Help you. Uh, 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 what is help out? What do help I have? Uh, plus going, cool. Yeah. Plus cool. Uh, that gives me a seven. A seven. So on a seven through nine, your help grants them plus one, but you also expose yourself to trouble or danger. So plus one to your role, Grugnug, would make that a success. Um, so you do what you set out to do, but you also get to choose an extra effect. So I want to resolve that first. Um, you can either suffer less harm if there's any harm coming your way. You can have all impending danger focused on you. You can inflict harm on the enemy or you can hold the enemy back. What was the first one? <laughs> you suffer little harm. I would I would hold the enemy back. Cool. You um grab these two in your arms and you start like boom bounding for the elevator. Um you uh I think Cosmo, how do you help? Um I uh, 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 I do what I can to, um, uh, I, I'll turn around and I'll, um, blast these vines with, uh, my grenade launcher. Dope. Cool. As you are bounding for the elevator, um, Cosmo, you turn and you blast these vines with the grenade launcher. They sort of absorb that impact almost. And as they burn away, more of them grow back. Oh, you fuck. toss them all into the elevator shaft and you start closing the door behind you. But the trouble you have exposed yourself to Cosmo as Grognog is closing the door to protect you from the vines is that your grenade launcher fell out of your hands and is no! still on the sky deck and you see the vines reaching for it. No, the plants have a gun. <laughs> oh god which is cosmo's exact thought um uh he's gonna he's gonna use his void rope that we've established he definitely has and he's gonna try and lasso it back into the elevator i'm gonna indiana jones this shit to act under pressure you're uh, going to yeah, roll plus cool um uh okay Wait, that so, is so you're you're lassoing the grenade launcher Launcher. Oh, the launcher. Okay. Not the grenade. Not oh, the grenade. Yeah. So the um, grenade launcher's on the other side. Uh, that is... With uh, me, right? The the, uh, the launcher is on the outside. That's what he's trying to get. Oh, and I'm on the inside closing? Yeah. Okay, can uh, I help by, like, scooching, try to reach for... You could help. Yeah, go for it. Uh, roll to help uh, out. That would, be, that would be rad because I got... I currently have a nine. Okay. Well, I, I actually have a really cool power. It's called the power of heart. And no, no, when she's not well, in I don't this know if this, I don't know if this counts. I don't know if this counts, but when fighting a monster, if you help someone, don't roll plus cool. I never would. Uh, you <laughs> automatically help as though you'd rolled a 10. God damn it. Oh, that oh, rules. You set that roll to a perfect 10 then. And you set out what you want to do, Cosmo. You lasso that grenade launcher, and at the last second before the door closes, you catch it in your hand as the elevator doors close. Am I, I also look, in the elevator? We didn't talk explicitly about the radar. Yeah, yeah I think Gorgon <laughs> grabbed you both in, in his big safe embrace and uh, ran you to the elevator doors. Uh, yeah, I just look at Grognung and I go, oh, well, thanks, mate. I owe you one. 
I'm, I'm panting and I say, it's like my, my therapist always says, you may drop your grenade launcher, but never drop your self-confidence. That therapist is well worth the money you're spending. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's all I have. Cosmo, Ooh. may I see your rope? Uh, I, I show the rope. Um, another one of my moves called science <laughs> lets me create science? gadgets or weapons that will help in our investigations. I want to turn this rope into like kind of like, you know, you've seen movies like kind of like a mm -hmm. zip drop so that we can use oh, this rope as fun. the elevator since I have ruined the elevator. <laughs> Go ahead and roll that. So this one is a very odd one. Oh, I don't roll. Interesting. Um, there are a list of, uh, I want it to operate like a little like zip grab and like zip up and down like an elevator. Yeah. And I've provided you a list here of you will pick some of these options. <laughs> um, it needs some rare or weird components. Uh -huh. It won't be very reliable. It will take a long time to build. It requires an enormous amount of power. It requires <laughs> a successful use magic as part of its construction. Uh -huh. It won't work exactly like I wanted. It will cost a lot of money or I'll need some help building it. You pick some of those and I can swap one that you pick for a different one on that list. And that's how we decide <laughs> if I've made wild, it. This is wild, a truly wild skill. Um, <laughs> I'm is, going to say that it is uh, going to be- And I've dropped you that be, list in the chat here oh, if you need awesome. to read those options. No, I think I remember. I think it's going to be unreliable. That's fair. And I <laughs> think you need something to serve as like the hook part of this. And you look over at Grugnug's belt. And you think, mm, could probably use the components from that to make a pretty good grappling hook. I'm going to swap that need for a component. Thank and you. I would rather it require successful use magic as part of its construction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So that, yeah, I'll just have you roll plus weird and you're gonna tap in to kind of your void forged source um, to try to just like come up with this uh, quick invention. Okay. Bet you wish you got that belt, huh, baby? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Um, so uh, I do have a fair amount of weird because I am a weird creature. So that's plus two, okay. which means in total I've rolled a four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> great, great, great. Is there um, rules for a fail on that move? I guess it would be the, I because that was a use magic roll, so um, I have failed a use magic roll, whatever that means to you. All right, um, so uh, Cosmo, you see uh, Maeve asks to see your rope and starts fiddling at it, looks at uh, Grugnug's waist for like a long time and then just sort of shrugs and looks back at it. And you see this like compartment comes out of their chest and like you see like some solders and like sparks like start like going off and then your rope just sort of uh, uh, the retractable like sort of mechanism just sort of busts open and the rope sort of burns and like drops through the elevator shaft. So caution, Cosmo, your rope is defective. <laughs> no, well, they always call me cautious Cosmo. Um, that, that also, uh, that, that seems fairly applicable because part of the professional uh, like kind of list of things is I can pick two resources just for flavor. And then okay. I also have to pick two different forms of red tape that I, as the professional, have to go through. And one of the ones that I picked was uh, uh, we've had some pretty serious budget cuts. 
So, <laughs> so that retractable rope really had three uses, and then it was, it was, it was gonna gone. be gone anyway. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, that rope goes falling down the shaft. Something else comes down. A different shaft. Kenneth, your feet land at the edge of at the end of that service hatch and you're now down in the belly of the engineering room you see these big dead machines pipes cogs and wheels all around you sort of have to crouch down to move through here effectively um you made it down safe though and you have your light on it's pitch black down here what do you do I'm going to shine my light up the shaft and tap in Morse code that they can <laughs> climb down and follow me, that there's no obvious immediate threats, and just hope that they can understand that. Uh, Sloan and Dr. Krull, you just hear a series of taps coming from inside the hatch. Uh, I'm going to pop my head into the hatch, uh, and I'm just going to say, what? <laughs> As that what sort of echoes through the service hatch, Kenneth, you hear something sort of clang down there. Down by me? Yeah. Uh, okay, I will look around to see if I can d- deduce what the source of that clanging was. Are you moving away from sort of where you've landed, or are you just going to kind of look around in your area? Uh, I'm going to stay at the base of the ladder and look around the room immediately in front of me. You move your flashlight kind of around the room, trying to look for the source of the noise. And just for a second, you swear you catch something move out of your flashlight. Okay. All right. I'm freaking out, man. I'm totally freaking out. (laughs) Uh, I want them to come down as quickly as possible, so I'll shout up the shaft, like, get down here, man, there's something down here with me, you guys. Uh, Sloan, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, like, by the time, like, the doctor, like, leans over and is like, what? I think Sloan is like, he's probably wigging out. And then the noise comes up, like, you guys gotta get down here, man. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, and then Sloan's like, well, let's go. Uh, and just sort of like, like, uh, feet first, just like jumps in. To go. Okay, you start making your way down. Um, Ken, yes, go for it, Dr. Krell. Sorry, real quick, uh, Dr. Krell is going to stay for a second uh, and shoot a message out uh, <laughs> to the mentor. Um, nice. Just, you know, checking for some stuff. Um, basically, uh, uh, okay, what I'm actually going to do, oh no, I can't because I don't actually know that the Vine stuff is happening. Never mind. Okay. Ah, crap. Sorry. No, no I'm fine. sorry. I, I mean, I will what remind I all of you know. that you do have a communication system, so you can relate to both, t- relate to both teams and to the captain outside if you'd like to. You don't have to talk to each other, especially okay. if you don't like each other very much. <laughs> that is true. Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna go. Go down. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I was going to do a cool thing and I forgot what I didn't It's know. the struggle of dramatic irony. <laughs> no. Kenneth, no. I want you to read a bad situation for me. Okay. I'm like always reading bad situations, man. It's kind of your thing. <laughs> uh, that is going to be a seven. Okay. On a seven through nine, you can hold one of those same questions. Okay. I will say, um, I will ask what's the biggest threat. Um, you keep like looking up the shaft. You see feet um, starting to make their way down, but they're not quite to you yet. And as you like turn around, you see something. Yeah, I think you just turn around and down this kind of corridor, something is just like standing face to face with you, maybe about 10 feet away. 
it's huge. This um, massive sort of growth of lumpy skin. Um, it's got tentacles coming out of the bottom of it, and those tentacles just like kind of lightly tickle the ground. They're sort of a pink and gray, uh, fleshy color, um, but they look like sallow, and they're all covered in like a layer of, um, like, like a film of mucus. Um, and then it kind of opens this eye. It just has this one giant eye in the center of its body. It's milky white and crusted over, and it sort of just kind of lazily looks at you. But above it, you see more tentacles. These, like, sort of more, uh, uh, live kind of tentacles that each end in its own kind of milky eye. All of them focused in on you at the bottom of this shaft. You hear in your mind, Kenneth. Where is she? Bring her back to me. Where is my love? Uh, As Kenneth hears that in his mind, he is going to flash back to uh, what the um, Captain Janice said uh, before they left. And I'm going to use my hold for connect the dots. And I would like to ask if that person was connected to the current events more than they were saying. Nice. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Spoil it. Spoil it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know if it's going to help you for your current situation. Is the thing that you do. You <laughs> That's do. what I figured. That's why I'm using it now, man. Oh, she's on the third floor. You pulled out what you picked up, which is like kind of like a piece of paper that's been like kind of crumpled up. And you take the time uh, for some reason. I think maybe you looked at it as um, everyone else was like kind of divvying up who was going where. You're sort of glancing at it and it didn't make a lot of sense to you. But it seems to be a communication between Captain Yanis and someone else saying they don't need to know too much. They never do. They'll just get the job done. And if everything goes according to plan, we won't have to worry about anyone, about them. Our intel says that thing is still lurking around in there. I can't imagine they'll make it out. He sort of responds, as long as we get our hands on the payload first. Kenneth is going to shout, we're walking into a trap! And pull out his (laughs) magnum and fire into the biggest eye. I think that's where we're going to stop for part one. Um, And... Carlos, you'll edit this little bit out. We're just going to take a little pee break and we're going to come back and finish up. But um, our recording is already about at two hours. So I think we will split this into a two-parter. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. So we will just say that um, I said this is the end of part one. Um, So you join us next time for part two. Um, Bianca, where can people find us? Um, You can find us PHB folk um, on Instagram and Reddit at the pod has been cast and on Twitter at the PHB cast. And our special guests, where can Mm. people find you? Uh, Our the name of our podcast is Tell Me Where I Lose You. We are an improv 
improv comedy podcast for bad improv ideas Pomeranian. getting bigger. <laughs> uh, you know, just a little off the cuff jokes like that. Um, you can find us anywhere that you find your podcast. We're on places like Spotify, uh, Overcast, uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for us on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at TM Wiley Podcast. That's at T-M-W-I-L-Y Podcast. Jules, tell me more. Improv pomegranate. <laughs> Oh, you got it. You and got it out so there. And so many important. more jokes like that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, uh, our guests are over, and I think if I'm going to take them around town and sort of get them acquainted to things around here, the first place they should stop by is one of my favorite places, which is Robert's Corner. Robert's Corner. Okay. So, Robert's Corner. Robert's Corner. I've been I'm sort so excited of, to be here for this. I've been sort of rapid fire uh, listening to episodes of the TM Wiley podcast. I don't and recommend that. I, I would like <laughs> I would like to take it directly from the source for each of you, James, Nick, and David. Ooh. If someone were to check out the TM Wiley podcast, which episode would you have them listen to? I knew I okay. knew this was gonna be a fucking quiz. I knew it. Yeah, I was I did not come prepared. I left all of my notes at home. Um, um I would recommend um Episode 26, Only Foes, I think is a shining example of what we do in, it's it's fantastic. That's my recommendation. So you guys can't recommend it. Suck it. Oh, uh, I guess, by the way, have we actually like talked about what the podcast is about? <laughs> yeah. It's bad ideas. Long story short, it's, uh, we, we pitch each other like terrible ideas. I don't know. It's fine. Um, uh, the one that I would suggest is, uh, th that you check out is, uh, 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 the Samsung smart rug. I feel like Samsung smart rug as a concept is the perfect kind of idea for our podcast. It's like, that doesn't make any damn sense. And then we try and make it make sense. It's a fun one. It's and fun. I, that is episode 22. And I have a third opinion. Uh, I think, uh, uh episode 18, Cyber Dracula really <laughs> hits good. right on the money oh, yeah. of all. It just, it, it's, it's our, it's, it is our brand of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, your brand Jules, of bullshit. We need a Cyber is, yeah. Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? You do need a Cyber Dracula. One of these days, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about an NPC that you all came across that you never talked to, and it is um pretty close to Cyber Dracula. In retrospect, I don't know why I put it in this game, and I'm glad that you all did not engage. <laughs> I um, want to suck your bits. We'll see you for um, part two of our special episode, The Witness. If anyone ever with, says, I want oh to God. suck your bits to me, I'm running the other way. So you suck all the bits out of I'm this I'm getting my wallet out because there's some enough. 20s in there. <laughs> all right, goodbye. We'll see you next time. Fuck. Bye. Bye. Bye.